Good morning, everybody. I'm Troy and I'm an addict. Good morning. I've missed y'all the past two days. I'm not going to lie. I really did. Um, I, uh, I came in today open-minded, experiencing the little bit of trauma around the rain that was coming down. As I was coming down the road, I thought, Jesus Christ, I hope that place didn't flood, man. Oh, my God. And I, and I pictured you guys pushing them pillows and blankets, trying to keep that water at bay. And I realized that this is a great time for me to talk about overconfidence. Overconfidence. For those of you who don't know, I did have a relapse after six years clean. And the reason I had a relapse was overconfidence. Here's my story. I don't like to tell it all the time, but I'm going to tell it today. Um, I had six years. My, uh, my ex-wife told me that, you know, I needed to, I needed to get better one day. Um, shit, I'll go all the way back. All right. So I'm standing in my, in my living room. I had just put both of my babies to bed. Um, at the time one was, one was one about 17 months old. The other one was about four months old. Um, I put them in the, put them in the crib and, uh, I went out to the dining room table and I sat down and I started smoking crack. Um, I had, you know, I was on a, multiple month run. Uh, I sat there. My relapse was, was started at a bachelor party. I had gone to a bachelor party shortly after my, uh, my middle daughter now was born. And, uh, I was standing by the pool table and a stripper was on the pool table and everything was just how I wanted it to be right that second. And, uh, and one of my buddies walked over to the side of the pool table and he laid a bunch of rails out on the diamonds. And he said, you want a rail? I had six years clean. And I thought to myself, I got this. I can do one rail. And I walked over and I never, he handed me the straw. I set the straw down. I took my cigarette pack out. I took the cellophane off. I swept it into my cellophane and I said, where's the kitchen? And they showed me where the kitchen was. And I went into the ice box and I pulled out the baking soda that was open in the corner of the ice box and I found a little tiny saute pot and I went to work. I had one line to cook. By the end of that party, I had cooked two and a half ounces of cocaine um, and I had decided to use like I always used and I did. And three months later, I, I had to go back a little bit. Three months later, I'm sitting at my dining room table after putting my babies to bed and I started smoking rock and the phone rang and I picked up the phone and I said, hello, it was my ex-wife. And she said, why did my gas card just get declined at the pump? And after 30 seconds of silence, I said, you know exactly why. And she said, where are the girls? I said, they're in bed. She said, don't fucking move. And she hung up. I went into the bedroom. I took my 32. I walked into the backyard. I put the 32 into my mouth. I pulled the trigger three times. It did not go off. I aimed the gun at the ground. I pulled the trigger. I blew a hole in the ground. I looked up. The next door neighbor was watching me out the window of my backyard. Pie-eyed, jaw wide open, phone in his hand. And I knew who he was calling. Um, as soon as I realized that he was on the phone, 911, I dropped the firearm. I put my hands on my head and I stood in my backyard and I waited. And I heard the sirens coming. Meanwhile, my wife is on her way home from work. My babies are sleeping. 
in the house. And I had just put my next door neighbor into a trauma that he was not ready to see. Cops got there as they approached before they even before they were halfway up the driveway. I said, firearms on the ground next to me, sir. <laughs> they both had their guns drawn. They walked up to me. I had my hands on my head. I motioned with my elbow where the firearm was. They uh, picked the firearm up, emptied it and put it in, put it in the car and cuffed me, took me and put me in the car. Real quick question is a suicidal junkie. The person to manhandle and throw into the back of a police car? <laughs> Not even a little bit. So I sat in the back of that police car just counting minutes till somebody killed me. Because that's what I wanted to happen. Then my wife pulled in. She and the cops walked into the house while I was in the can. Sitting there getting sweaty. And then they both came out. The, the two officers came out. She walked out to the edge of the porch, porch crying. And uh, she had my youngest baby in her arms. And uh, the cops came over and they opened the door to the car and they said, step out. I stepped out. They said, wait right here. They went back up on the porch. They talked to her for a few minutes. And uh, then a white van pulled into the driveway. And when the white van pulled into the driveway, I knew I was not going to jail that day. I had been 302. So they put me in the van. They took me to the hospital. A couple hours later, they moved me to a rehab facility. Um, I sat down. I hated where I was. I hated who I was. I hated everything about me and everything around me. And I decided that that day was the last day that I would ever threaten the world with my suicide again. Um, I got very, very, very involved in NA immediately. It saved my life. Anybody ever seen the bumper sticker says N-A-I-O-U-1? I had that shirt and I wore it with pride. Uh, I got my foundation in the rooms of NA. Um, I went to 400 and 400. That's right. You heard me. I went to 400 meetings in 400 days. Uh, I developed a home group. I got a sponsor. I raised my hand. I asked for help. But all of that story, all of that story comes behind one moment of overconfidence one moment where i got this one moment where i'm good i'm recovered don't put a d on the end of that word y'all ever you might feel that way but remind yourself this is a war you will fight forever and that sucks but it's also amazing because the victories you have come 1,440 at a time. There's 1,440 moments in every day. And every moment you make it clean, you have achieved an almost insurmountable goal in most of our eyes. So overconfidence is what led me back out there. I learned today that it's better for me to be a little scared. It's better for me to be a little threatened better for me to feel a little bit of fear because that's going to help me in my battle. That's going to be one of the shields that I use. And the biggest thing that was taught to me that day was to learn to express love to yourself and others. And most importantly, 
find forgiveness for yourself. This is an exercise I've done with every single group since we've been here. Take your right hand, hold it up. Look at the palm, look at the palm, look dead into it. It's not a mirror, but it's you. And if you're right-handed, this is the hand that took you to trouble, isn't it? This is the hand you turned the bottle up with. This is the hand you pulled back with. This is the one you dug in your pocket for money with. I want you to look right in the palm and I want you to repeat after me. I appreciate you. Remember, y'all are talking to yourself. I forgive you. I forgive you for all the shit you've done. And thank my higher power, we don't have to live that way no more. And that's it. It's that easy. Who felt like they were lying to their hand right now? Thank you for your honesty. You got to practice it. You got to forgive yourself every day. You got to forgive yourself every time you feel the guilt, every time you're reminded of the pain. How many of us just looking at their hand saw something they didn't see before, a line or a wrinkle that they didn't see before? Because you're finally starting to look at yourself. You're finally starting to read yourself. You're finally starting to forgive yourself. Most important lesson I learned was to learn how to love. And the, and, the, and the way I learned to express that was to tell men that I loved them. Because when I had concrete carpets and metal windowsills, it, it would have taken shit. You'd have had to knife me to get me to tell another man I loved them. But today I can say it with pride. I love all you guys. Every day when I go home, I go through a little bit of separation anxiety. And I mean that very seriously. I worry about you when I'm, when, when I'm not here. Do I need to? Am I paid to worry about you? Hell no. Hell no. I'm paid to turn a key. That's it. I'm paid to turn a key, y'all. Everything else I do, I do because I love you. So today I want you guys to do your very best to try to say I love you to another man and mean it. It's going to be difficult for some of us. It's going to be extremely difficult for some of us. And some of us are going to be easy. But we're all equipped with arms, most of us, and hands. But my finger will not open your phone because you're different than I am, even though we're the same. So what works for me might not work for you. But all I can tell you is the things that have worked for me have worked well. And I offer them to you free of charge. Because if I could make money selling recovery, I'd be standing on the street corner in York today. I'd be giving out two for ones. Shit, I'd be giving out three bags. You kidding me? Um, it's important that we recognize that we have to learn to forgive ourselves. We have to learn to love ourselves. And we have to learn to open ourselves up to others in some way. Elevate, motivate, don't procrastinate, and don't compensate, because none of you is flyweight. None of you. Y'all are men, strong, convicted men. All I can ask you today is to hear my story and know that just because the details in the book are different 
doesn't mean the ending isn't the same. If I continue to treat myself the way I treated myself in active addiction, I will die. 100%. I will not die because of drug use. I will not die because of irresponsible decisions. I will not die because I wasn't integral, integral in something I did. I will die because I didn't forgive myself for my past. I will die because I no longer have faith in myself right now. Your higher power will give you strength that you don't know you had. Who your higher power is, is 100% up to you. And I make it, I make almost a game out of having y'all guess what my religious preference is. I think it's fun that none of you know, none of you know. My mom told me years ago, you don't have to tell anybody you're a Christian. You just got to look like one. I'm not a Christian, by the way, for those of you who think you got that one right. Or maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe I'm a liar. Y'all think I'm a liar? Hell no, I don't lie. I used my lies up 20 years ago. I had a big bucket and I used them all as early as I could. Um, I don't want to manipulate your feelings, but at the same time, I do. I want you guys to feel better when I'm around you. And I want to make that contagious. I want you to go out there and make the world feel better around you. So the most important thing I'm going to say today is the three action that I ask every single day. I ask you guys to be grateful for the things you have and the things you don't have. I ask you guys to be kind, even when it doesn't feel like it's what you're supposed to do. And I ask you to be love in a room where there is none. And that story tells itself. When you walk into a room and it's negative in there, be the one that's positive. When you walk into a room, it's too dark. Be the light. When your buddy needs a pair of socks, freely give them to him. It will come back to you over and over and over again. So, brings me to my favorite part of the day, the time of day when we get to yell about shit. For everything that I'm given and everything that's taken away from me today, I will be grateful. For every interaction I have with another human being or living creature on this plane of existence, I will be kind. And when I walk into that room that smells like a trap house, I will be love where there is none. Who's happy they're clean today? Who's happy they don't feel like ending it today? Me too, y'all. Me too. Who's going to go for five minutes? Who's going to go for 1,440 moments? Who's just going to experience right now? Me too. Look, we just stayed clean for two moments together as a group because we experienced unity in our community today. Now, finally, what are y'all doing here today? I'm sorry, that was lame. What are y'all doing here today? And one more time for the cops across the street who think we're not what we really are. What are y'all doing here today? Crushing this shit. I'm Troy and I'm an addict. Thanks for letting me share. And yes, I gave y'all time to smoke about it. Twenty seven.